Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Funhouse Podcast. Um, I'm doing my radio voice. We're going to be kind of uh, shooting the shit, as it were, this week. Um, talking about some fun stuff. Uh, and I'm very excited because the group we got going to talk about these things is uh, is going to be the most energetic we're going to have some laughs, okay? This is going to be a funny podcast for sure. Elise, I see the way you're glaring at me, but you should know better because you are the first guest, Elise Willems. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I just had some dentistry. So you know, you know my energy is up. Oh, yeah. I can tell you for a fact that last night I was scratching Elise's head while she covered her eyes in pain. So this is going to be a good one. <laughs> it's going to be uh, a good one. <laughs> we also have Omar de Hummers. Hello. And a great hat. I am not suffering from pain. Why did you change your hat? You were wearing a I, yellow hat. So I changed hat my hat because I thought it would be funny because you said you remembered a yellow hat, but then the bit, it took too long to come back to video, so it's not <laughs> oh, okay. It's not entertaining. Oh, I did remember, hat. though. I did remember. That, one, that did, was like, a, little a little too tight for my head. I got too big You should do one hand. of those magic tricks. You ever see the magic trick where the magician does all this card stuff, and then by the end you realize he's changed his jacket, and you're like, what? <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Oh. That's great. No, um, but I... Mm. That you want to, don't you? Armando yeah, Torres. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey. Hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Armando Torres. I haven't had dentistry done in, in a number of years, and my mom mm-hmm. keeps telling me to fix that issue. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, it's going to come back, back to you. haunt me. I, I don't want, I haven't seen that video that you're talking about, but I watch way too many videos of David Blaine stealing people's watches. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. And when you know what the video is called, because like you find the video and it's like David Blaine steals George Bush's watch. It's mm-hmm. no longer a magic trick. You're just watching David Blaine rob a former president or yeah, like yeah. a celebrity. And it's, you know, he's in frame. So you see him just like stealing it it's great he's just he's not a magician he's a master criminal there's also a lot of stuff with sleight of hand that like doesn't work as well in the youtube era when you can rewind and like scan through so like the aforementioned i have seen an actual magician's act where he does all this stuff and by the end of it he has a waistcoat on he changes from like a a red waistcoat waistcoat to a, a black waistcoat by the end of it and you're like what and it's crazy. But then I was like, oh, I'm just going to figure out when he did it. So I just scrubbed through the video. And then at like the <laughs> three minute mark, there's a point where he leans over and he pulls it off and he goes, there he is. I figured it out. <laughs> Which is the kind of thing you can't do in real life. But then also like what you're saying when you just go back and you're like, wait, how does he have his watch? And you go watch it. Oh, two minutes. He took it. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like the yeah, magic is gone. It's great. Because yeah. he just, he's, what he does is he just really grips your hands very tight and mm-hmm. you just watch his fingers work as he yeah. just takes the watch off of your hand. He found it. And I've, it. I don't know. I've seen him do so much where he's just like, he's, hey, man. and he's always, he has this face like he hasn't had an emotion in 20 years. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, I yeah. wanted to give you this back. And they're like, oh my God, you have my watch. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. and here's your wallet, I your social actually- security card. In mm-hmm. my mind's eye, I don't know what David Blaine looks like. I can't picture his face. What? I can he's only like picture me. that parody guy from like He's SNL. just sad. He's like Going. he's like a sad yeah. guy and he has a he little bit of facial sad. hair. Yeah, he's oh, like okay. yes. I, now that I Google If I him, lost yeah. if I personally lost like twenty pounds and like mm-hmm. was just on antidepressants every single day, I would mm-hmm. be David Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where the skill comes from? Is antidepressants? Yeah, those steady yeah, hands. Yeah, a, <laughs> you have how, so much time for magic if you don't feel joy or pain. <laughs> do like we a human being? Do we think that David David Blaine's career kind of like launched in the stratosphere when he started doing those big stunts? But in my opinion, that's when I stopped getting interested in him. When he was yeah. like, "I'm gonna freeze myself in a block of ice," I was like, "Oh, well, I could do that if I was crazy," you know, like. Like he just was doing things that like crazy people would do, as opposed to things that I couldn't do, like stealing someone's watch. Yeah. So, but I is feel it like the opposite of that for David Copperfield. I feel like Copperfield was like the best thing ever when he was doing those stupid TV stunts, like making the Statue of Liberty disappear and shit like that. Mm-hmm. He was, and you all know that I saw David Copperfield perform magic in person at about the age of four in Toronto. And what? One of the things I don't remember much, but I do remember that at the end. He made it snow in the theater, but only for the first four rows. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I was definitely, I was definitely not in those premier seats. So, yeah. you know, as a kid, I was like, okay, well, I knew it taught me a good lesson because it taught me that magic isn't for everyone. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, Some that, happiness that. is meant for other people. Magic and I is think that classist. was a really grounding. Yeah, magic is, yeah. is only for <laughs> the upper middle, yeah. upper west first class. I mean, it yeah. kind of Whoa. is. You got you to gotta buy, first of all, the buy-in is huge. You got to buy all those cards. Like, you need at least all seven or eight of decks them. of cards. James and doesn't... I were impromptu invited to a Zoom, a child Zoom magic show this weekend. We declined. Um, well, we were like, busy, but it was late notice and we couldn't do we, it. But yeah, we like messaged some of our friends to like send a video to their their daughter, her birthday. And then they re- texted back and said, here's a Zoom link to a magic show that's starting in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. If you want. It's it, like it was, it I think it was a, just for kids. Yeah, I they think hired so. hired a, a magician to do a Zoom call with their with the party. Probably. I mean, it'd probably be like this where it's like, hey, kids, like like a teacher doing remote yeah. learning or whatever, except he's stealing your watch. And we couldn't do it, but I was surprised that James didn't try to like change his schedule so he could I, attend this. I would have definitely, I would have definitely tried to get out of whatever we were doing if I didn't know that it would be, it would look exactly like what we're doing right now with me yeah. in one of the windows, except that there would be a magician who is probably younger than I am, and then two other <laughs> windows of like actual like five year olds. So that's the only reason I think I didn't do it because I didn't want those I, screenshots. I don't know if you missed out. I don't know if you feel like you missed out, but I can actually uh, give you a little taste of it right now. Hey, Omar, um, I want you to think of a number between one and ten. Okay. All right. And now, and look into your camera so I can feel like I'm looking in your eyes. Is it five? No. Ah, damn it. Good. You knew. I knew it. Fuck. Fuck. Okay. But Omar, can I I give you a, a consolation prize? Uh, 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 yeah. Here you go, buddy. I got this for oh, you. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wow. Rewind the tape, James. God. Tell me how I did it. That's great. I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I can't right now, but I'm going to scrub this back and wow. I'll figure it out. Armando, where can people see more of you? <laughs> it's not the end of the show. Uh, On Twitch? Or... <laughs> I mean, that was the highlight. You definitely hit the yeah. highlight now. So you go might as well play yeah. at this time. Mondo, I, uh, Mondo does stuff. Um, I perform at kids uh, kids birthday parties on Zoom, mm-hmm. uh, bar mitzvahs. Yeah, um, I open up for David Blaine, not officially or anything. I just like before people go into the theater, I'm outside and I'm like, pick a card, any card. Mm-hmm. Is this your card? <laughs> no, fuck. Yeah, they're all <laughs> unpaid parking tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just hoping somebody will. The I've never gotten a trick right. Child's magician. Yeah, I've never gotten a trick right, but I have stolen a lot of watches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very nice. Very good. I, I think, I mean, I, I do think that there are some things. I do. I would say that a live streaming magic show is a good thing because you can't do what I was mentioning, which is go back and like rewatch it. You private that stream afterwards and you don't let people do rewind or DVR. Right. And that's yeah. a good way for it to kind of thrive again, because there's so much stuff. You ever watch like an old movie? And and there was like so many things that they left in because they're like, come on, this is going to fly by an audience at, you know, at light speed. No one's going to have any idea that they saw what they saw. And there's no one's going to be able to double check it. So like, you know, directors in like films in like the 40s and 50s, like, oh, yeah, there's a corpse in the background of this shot. Like, we don't care. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter at all. We just left it in because who's going to go back and check? But then when you get it on VHS in the 80s, you realize, oh, my God, the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz is filled with mass graves. <laughs> Judy Garland's yeah. asleep. Yeah, yeah. Just roll, roll. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of live streaming stuff come back. Anyway, we talked enough about nothing. Let's continue talking about something that is basically nothing. Armando, you just came back from a vision quest are you comfortable talking about your vision quest on the podcast oh yeah i've completely fucked up any chance of me getting a normal job ever again let's just dig myself further (laughs) into that hole this is the new normal if you see i saw a survey recently there where they surveyed a bunch of young kids and asked them what they wanted to be and like number one was like influencer slash youtuber i was like zoom magician no i didn't even make the top 10 i don't think um and so so you are already kind of in the best position right now. James, but 
Can I just say yeah. to that survey, I saw that too. And people were, of course, like kind of critical saying, you know, I definitely don't want my kid to pursue mm-hmm. this. Whereas I did see the counterpoint that was like, God forbid your kids want to be creative and mm-hmm. be entrepreneurs. Elise, let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you feel creative right now? Yeah, I just made that great Zoom magician joke, flying high on that. <laughs> um, She's able to numb. afford dental work. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. there's a copay. Oh, Lord, there's a copay. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's some kickback for mm-hmm. old Lucy. Yeah. Anyway. But Armando. You have, Armando, you don't have to worry about trying to find another job because you've already got the best job on the planet. So, what if you just came back from a yurt? <laughs> Yeah, I did. I, I stayed. Uh, <clears throat> I went to Joshua Tree, California, which is, uh, you know, the national capital of I need to see some weird shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of lost my mind for a little bit. Was gone for about, what was that, three days? Um, you tell stayed us. in a. Yeah, well, it felt like centuries, but it was three days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when someone says I was gone for, and then their voice like it's, it's an infl- question mm-hmm. like an inflection and they don't yeah. know yeah. then you know it was a good trip to joshua they, tree yeah i would say I they either went to joshua tree and did mushrooms or they just got back from vegas you know yeah. <laughs> how long was it yeah going? i uh don't tell anyone i was actually in vegas losing my money instead of nice. my mind um yeah i i went to to joshua tree to just kind of like <clears throat> get out of the uh get out of the city of los angeles for a, a bit and i stayed in a yurt which is um for anyone who doesn't know it's just a a bigger fancier tent mm-hmm. uh have, have any of you ever stayed in a yurt i have at least yeah. Elise and i have stayed in a yurt yes omar have yeah you? i have not no you guys are way cooler than me is it okay is great. it a tent so I own- or is it like a structure it's like a well Dome. I no longer have to answer to you, Omar, because you don't matter to this conversation mm-hmm. anymore. Sure. I'm taking off sure. my, my brother beanie. Switch, with switch to green beanie. Yeah, switch yeah. to green beanie. Yeah. Yeah. Switch to green beanie. Armando. Well, so the best way I could describe a yurt is, and, and it varies, there's an orange beanie. Uh, keeping them on. He's got his beanie rack right next to his desk for quick grabbing. Um, are, there just, are there just a ton of styrofoam heads that yeah. we don't yeah. see? Instead of wigs, um, it's all just beanies. There's another one. Um, <laughs> Things a, a to yurt, cover my hair with. A, yurts can vary in terms of complexity and size, but the best way mm. to describe them is that a lot of, like a nice yurt essentially looks like the kind of thing that a Roman general would stay in when they were laying siege for like 50 years to a, some sort of small village. <laughs> it's like a yeah. tent, yes, but it also has like structural integrity built into it in a lot of cases. And what Marcus yeah. Aurelius is staying at the beginning of Gladiator. Exactly. So not no. movable. You're not. You're I mean, not like no. packing up your yurt and taking. You it could. Out. I mean, you could no. theoretically disassemble it. Probably easier than a house, but it's still generally built on some sort of like. like it's like we're making yurts here. The one we stayed yeah. in had you know these these metal framed bunk beds in it. Mm-hmm. Like it was. And a stove. Nicer than my home. Did you hold on for? Okay, first of all, for anyone who's not been paying attention, Omar is doing this change slightly things about your outfit trick throughout this whole thing, and he got me at least <laughs> yeah. twice because did you see I it? looked over. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not, but I looked over and you were wearing a different beanie, and it fucked me up for a second. But secondly, <laughs> you stayed in a in a yurt with bunk beds as a couple. I'm assuming, right? We were with another couple as well. We were like a, we no, were did you couple. stay in the in the same yurt? Yeah, we shared. It was, a yurt. Were it you guys huge. sharing the bunk bed? So two of you and two of you? No, there were James. If I remember there were right, four there beds. were two sets of There were four beds, beds right? because they were twin bunk beds. So no couple would have been able to fit into a bed. So everyone just grabbed a bed. So we all there did were four you, beds total, and everyone slept slept separately. Did you okay, but did you did you at least sleep like top bottom like a couple or was it just a free for all where like you did Boys didn't matter We didn't yeah. like run into the yurt and then scramble for the bed that we <laughs> I mean I, it wasn't so so are you asking if it was divided divided by couples? Like did did the couples share 
share bunks, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, yeah. or did you my, do like summer friend, camp style, like Omar my, said? It was it was with my best friend back home, <clears throat> Corey, and he and I did share a bunk. Yeah, so couples did share. That was the. I mean, that was oh, the wow. only way that we could sleep is so that way I could be up top and I could reach down and hold his hand as he was reaching up. That's the only way we can sleep. <laughs> I have to always way. sleep face face down, facing hell. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're gonna bury me that way <laughs> too. Um, so you know, whatever. I, that's why yeah. I can't take the top one. She always goes. She, she always goes <laughs> good night, and then she turns. She goes, "This is so the devil can see me," and then places her face. <laughs> and then I, down my head spins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, this was a well. This it was a vacation yurt, like most yurts are. So, but it was it was pretty well stacked. The one we stayed in, but like it doesn't have plumbing. So, no, you know, no, you have to go outside to, yeah, to go poop and shower and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I have to use the bathroom a lot. So I like had to go out in the dark with my flashlight. We had lanterns that oh, you yeah, would lantern. grab a lantern and then you would go through the dark and then you would hang the lantern so you could shower and then you would take the lantern and then you'd go back. Oh, you shower at night. You're a night showerer. Under the stars. Uh, well, no, because beautiful. it was it was a concealed in like an outhouse, so it was it was just pitch black. It was terrifying. Yeah, um, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. The the I was telling you a little bit about this before. Uh, is you know, there's a there's a shower for me that was outside with no covering. There's like um, yeah. it's it's kind of like a stall, and uh, I I think for a normal person, uh, it would probably block your whole body. Uh, but I'm I'm six foot five. So it basically came up to right underneath uh, my my man boobs, and then uh, everything else. It was really the mm-hmm. least modest, uh, yeah, modesty thing that could ever exist. <clears throat> and uh, on the day, on the first day, I decided to do mushrooms. I took the mushrooms, and then I went outside, you know, to go take a shower. Yeah, uh, and then I saw a giant cloud of smoke, uh, what looked like smoke in the desert. And I was like, Oh shit. Wow. These are really good mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as they got closer, I realized that it was a fleet of police cars, um, which is the most troubling thing to see after you have ingested a bunch of drugs in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Especially because Um, you literally got out of LA. So that way, every time you showered, a fleet of police cars weren't heading your way already. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, so I did. It, I did feel a little at home uh, mm-hmm. in that way, but I uh, I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do, and then I was like, "Just act cool, man. Just like take a shower." And then like I started rewashing my hair because I was like, "They can't arrest a man when you wash your hair. That's <laughs> yeah, against nice. the law." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta let me get those suds out of my eyes. Uh, but what they were doing was about a quarter mile away from where my shower was was a separate property. Um, and I guess there was a man who was running a meth lab, uh, uh, and and he unheard of he in also in Joshua Tree unheard of, <laughs> absolutely unheard of in the middle of the desert in an RV. Go mm-hmm. forget about it. Not not contrived at all. But uh, he broke his own RV door down. I could hear it from a quarter mile away. I could hear the slam of him kicking open the door and running out into the desert um, wearing a safety green t-shirt, like one that a construction worker would wear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other thing is like, Joshua Tree is a plateau. There are no hills and there's not like mm-hmm. shrubbery. So yeah. he's just running straight into the yeah. desert. Did he just wearing... make a beeline for the shower stall next <laughs> yeah, to say, you? And you're just <laughs> he's like, hey man, I really need that shampoo. They can't take me with the shampoo. They can't, they, you they know can't they can't take, take a man with shampoo in his hair. <laughs> that, <laughs> sorry, that sorry. So he, was, he was running and he was wearing this green shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and almost at the same time, because I realized it of like, man, you are the most visible person in the world right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like he realized it at the same time. And so he, I could see him rip off his shirt and throw it. But the problem is, is that his back was whiter than his shirt was green. <laughs> so he actually just shone brighter yeah. in the sun. A beacon um, now lit for yeah. all the cops to follow. Yeah. A beacon of methy light and uh, <laughs> and the cops are in cars that are meant to drive through the desert. So they just kind of drove next to him for about, <laughs> I don't know, uh, 
10 minutes as he yeah. just ran and yeah. then he he i could see because they were running like sort of in circles i could see that he was just doing the thing you know that all out of shape people do where they're just like i just I need a second just give me one yeah yeah <laughs> oh god and they gave him water they gave him a water bottle and then they arrested him mm-hmm. uh, i was gonna say they gave him a water bottle and they said okay a little bit further man you're almost there yeah, you almost, almost made it to the finish line a couple a couple of things I want to point out about that story. Number one, all of this transpired while you were washing your balls. And number two, you had just done mushrooms, so there's pretty good chance none of this actually happened. <laughs> and your yurt didn't even have a shower. <laughs> well, the half no, of the story no, that was... Armando didn't tell us, they were all Bugs Bunny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were all they were all Lola Bunny, but they looked like less sexy than when I was a kid, I guess. So, so it's Lola now. Lola now yeah. instead of Lola. There's then, nothing. Yeah. Can I just say for the record, there's nothing unsexy about Lola now. Okay, you guys just need to change your perspective. Well, hang on, on sexy. Cody. Can we? Can you pull up the Lola Bunny before and after? Can you pull it up, please? <laughs> and then can you the... send it to my email? Please? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Just airdrop that to me. All of the, uh, all of the Lola Bunnies. If you can find viewers. Lola Bunny, then I mean, you can. There's a ton of pictures of Lola. The before and after. But, get us, get us the before and after. But I, you know, I just want to say, you know, she's, you know, I'm an, uh, you know, I look at this. So what, what's the problem here? She, I would argue, she has a bigger rack. Honestly, just looking yeah. at it. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, I've never, I've. I what I like about this new redesign of Lola Bunny, and it's uh-huh. arguably one of the hottest things about her character in general, is yeah. it she's not here for you, James. Oh, she's yeah. here to fucking ball up. She's here bro. to ball. She's here to ball. Yeah. She may have been the best player on that team, Michael Jordan included. Like everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She may have been the best, the singular best player that the Looney tunes had so one of the changes i noticed that isn't even related to her body is if you look at her ears the she had this kind of like fleshy pink almost like you know a nipple if you will or inner vaginal lining Uh uh-huh oh yeah yeah i see color areola areola ears yeah i do feel like that was a decision well, a, a decision to say like, well, no, that that color is too carnal. The whole color saturation of hers changed. She's got she's got a little bit more shading, and she's a little less. I don't know if the, there's some some artist out there can tell me the term for it, but like very, she's very flat. Her color is very flat in in the original, and sure. it looks like it's a little bit more dy- has dynamic lighting and shading on it. Uh, in the yeah. Why they have but. to take like five inches off her height? Yeah, she too good at basketball. They have to make her shorter now. <laughs> like, I mean, we don't be up against LeBron. She can't be tall like yeah. LeBron. Maybe they like, aren't to scale. A great point. Maybe the photos people aren't shrink to scale. over time. Omar, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to do the women dirty and make her seventies. What is it? Seventy percent the height of the rest of the cast. Oh, God. and is she, just, does she have a tattoo sleeve? Like, is that to cover? That's her shooter that? sleeve. Shooter sleeve. That's what, yeah, that just keep her like arm a, warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She got bad elbows. <laughs> She needs that I, th- I thought it was like she's working at a Safeway. I, she's not allowed to have those tats. I, she's got covered. I love I I love sort of thing. when you get to see like cartoons drawn as athletes or whatever because like yeah, they're like, "All right, you know, she, maybe she's got she's got her, her sleeve on there. She's got her sleeve." And I'm like, "Well, now I'm wondering when it's starting to get cold, does her does her elbow hurt? Like does she have hard hard time sleeping?" Like, has she spoken to her doctor? Like, I start raising other questions about, like, when people are accommodating, like, yeah. chronic pain. You know? Like, I never Lola had... Bunny's liver yeah. has issues because she takes too many ibuprofen. I get yeah. what you're saying. She's yeah. got very human issues. <laughs> For sure. Well, she has to deal with her winter coat coming in, too. So when they're playing ball and she's got that winter <laughs> coat going, mm-hmm. it's a real problem. Yeah. yeah. It's a real problem for her. <laughs> yeah. I also I I I've never really seen a lot of cartoon characters drawn as athletes, other than you know just in uh, Space, Space Jam. Jam. But yeah. what I grew up with was a lot of cartoon characters dressed as gangsters. Oh uh, yeah, I was the owner of a very shiny gangster SpongeBob T-shirt. Nice. Uh, that I still wish I owned to this day. Gangster, uh, gangster, how like like mob gangster or like. You just mean like, like the urban, gangster. like Bugs Bunny urban Both. style, right? Yeah. So that was well, the like thing the, Taz, the Looney Tunes. Bugs and Taz in the, the crisscross getup. 
the Looney Tunes, like like Warner Brothers characters, for some reason, were always like gangster, like like from mm-hmm. like my hood. You know, like mm-hmm. I could look outside and see a dude dressed the same way Bugs Bunny was dressed on my shirt. <laughs> but yeah. for some reason spongebob and the other like non-warner brothers characters they were the mobsters they were the ones who were dressed in like a suit and like had a cane and like a tommy gun and it's like who who chose it's Which one of influence. well i guess yeah i, don't I mean know. maybe I never... the definition you know it's generational right like spongebob is like kind of a little bit after that Looney, that return of Looney Tune. People were like talking about Taz, and when Marvin the Martian was everyone's favorite character for absolutely no reason because he didn't do no shit. Reason. Um, <laughs> like maybe, oh, know your meme, Gangster SpongeBob comes up. Just so you know. So maybe it has something. Is to do there with some this. like nefarious thing behind it? That would be so. That would be so heartbreaking to find oh, out yeah. that Armando's gangster SpongeBob thing was secretly like white supremacy or something like that. Oh god. You know how many times I've done that before? <sighs> I I mean somebody I, sent me this really old German coin and it turns out there were these guys called the Nazis and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, great. Oh, I just loved coins. Ah, and now I can't even <laughs> spend it anywhere." Um I think it just has to do with when like the change of influence, right? Like so, you know, it doesn't matter if people associate with like different genres of music or different cultural styles or whatever with different things. But ultimately, at some point, those people that were setting those styles were influenced by something. And the people who are doing, you know, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, you know, with uh, really low jeans or whatever, just were influenced by Bugs Bunny. And then when SpongeBob <laughs> came around, they were then... Like they were like, what do you think of uh, SpongeBob? Okay, let's draw him up in a in a harder style or whatever. I don't know. James accidentally made the best joke. He called him Bloods Bunny, and I love that so yeah. much. <laughs> I was trying to do something something with Bugsy, like Bugsy Bunny would be a good uh, mafioso. Yeah, oh. I think that you've got a point to that because so like just like a slight age difference changed i have an older brother and a younger brother and my younger brother had like posters of like i don't know like tupac and shit like that on his walls when when i when i used to go to his uh room my older brother had uh had posters of scarface on his wall Mm -hmm. and so i feel like there's you know well i mean to be fair though every latino of under 30 had uh, posters and probably over 30 had a poster of scarface on their wall at the time (laughs) you know what people Um, don't talk about enough that al pacino was playing a cuban dude yeah (laughs) yeah people don't don't talk about and then and but then it was not only that it's like okay whatever but it it was more the fact that people were like yeah yeah i identify (laughs) all cultures all cultures were like yeah i identify like so much about scarface which is essentially a cautionary tale it's like no one got any of the messages no no one got any of they all watch they watch movies like you fucking watch movies where you just like fall asleep halfway through and you're like, ah, I'll finish it later. So all of them are like, I'll yeah. watch Scarface later. I'm sure it, I'm sure it ends up fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, the worst one is like, I think it's always like Lou Diamond Phillips, right? His always the, the Latino or some kind of Hispanic, right? But the dude's like Filipino. He's not even Spanish, <laughs> like yeah. not even any class of Spanish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean. In the Philippines, you know, there there's that that Spanish imperialism. There's, I guess we should there's say there's cultural influence, yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's the know. same as being Mexican, Elise. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> being conquered all I'm by saying people is, look, in the back. All, all Omar and I are saying is that we should do a shot for shot remake of Scarface with both of us playing the titular character of Scarface. Mm-hmm. Every other shot, it's changed. <laughs> young and old Scarface. Well, not old, but young and, sl- and not as young Scarface. Young okay, wow. Young. So you couldn't, you called him old and then you called me not young anymore. So thank you. <laughs> old and old. Uh, it there. was actually the other way around, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, tall and, and I wonder, pretty tall Scarface. Mm-hmm. I wonder how a new, like a remake of Scarface would go over with people. Like I can imagine my family being in fucking arms about that yeah. whole 
that whole Cuban tale, you know, cause like my, this is a, this is a weird tangent. It's not as funny, but my mom went through some of that stuff. Like in the beginning of Scarface, when they're like under the freeway in that fenced off, like parking mm-hmm. oh, lot and yeah. stuff, like my mom did that. She was yeah. part, like, that's where they ended up when they first immigrated over and stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah, she's like, oh yeah, we totally lived there for a little while. Like did all this stuff and met, we made it to New Jersey and the whole thing. But like, I wonder, I wonder if anybody would be stoked on hey, a new version of Scarface. Guess what? Scarface was a remake anyway. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's just a remake of an older film called Scarface about an Italian gangster. So, <laughs> so yeah, Scarface is a remake. Yeah. yeah, and he was played by a famous Cuban actor. Yeah, so this just was just revenge. <laughs> yeah, Desi Arnaz was the original Scarface, and he played he played. Uh, let's see, um, I can't think of an Italian. Bapo Siciliano was his name. <laughs> Bapo. <laughs> Bapo. You have that song from this morning still stuck in your head. That's why yeah, she I went do. there. <laughs> Listen, wait. Ever- so people were found Bapo threatening. Yeah, they didn't want to mess with Bapo. He's like, you don't, don't want to mess with Bapo. Bopped. Yeah, that's exactly why they call him Bapo, because he'll bop you. Anyway, hey, listen. How about we take a quick break and hear a word from a couple of our sponsors, real quick? Jesus. <laughs> Support for this episode of the Funhouse podcast is brought to you by HBO Max. Let's be honest, the last year has been maybe a little bit boring when it comes to, you know, the things, the drama in your life, you know. It's not like exactly Game of Thrones out there. We don't have dragons, magic, and sword fights. Um, it's not Fast and Furious unless you count yourself maybe driving a little bit faster on an empty road because everyone's working from home. Um, But luckily for us, HBO Max swooped in to save the day. HBO Max is where HBO meets so, so much more with over 10,000 hours of new hits, classic favorites, and exclusive Max originals, plus new movies every week. You can kiss your boredom goodbye. HBO Max is the perfect place to fuel your fandom with character hubs devoted to your favorites, like the DC movies you've been meaning to binge watch. Um, I mean, I definitely checked out Zack Snyder's Justice League when it dropped. There's a ton of stuff on HBO Max that I'm still looking forward to. If I ever want to go pick up Game of Thrones again, I know exactly where to do it. But the cool thing is discovering new things on HBO Max that I maybe missed when it came out in theaters, like Kong Skull Island was just awesome when I watched it. I've never actually seen all the Fast and Furious, shockingly, so I just threw it on my HBO Max queue, and I'm going to pick that up. Mad Max Fury Road, one of my favorites of all time. Plus, if I'm in the mood for television shows, they've got The Wire, they've got South Park, His Dark Materials, a ton of stuff, just more than I could even possibly list. HBO Max uh, has original, groundbreaking, and award-winning entertainment. It's all yours, all in one place, anytime, anywhere, Best of all, new HBO Max viewers get seven days free, then pay $14.99 a month. Sign up now with the link in the description to get in on the action. This episode of the Funhouse Podcast is brought to you by Talkspace. Trying to balance work, home, relationships, and everything else is challenging for everyone, and right now, on top of our regular day-to-day, we have to deal with underlying fear and uncertainty from the pandemic, with many of our normal support systems no longer in place. But working with a therapist can provide that support you're missing right now. Having someone to talk through your worries and help prioritize what's really important can be immensely helpful and help lift some of what we're all carrying around. Because now more than ever, many of us could use a little extra help for our busy, demanding lives. I'm a big proponent of therapy, and I know sometimes it can feel like it's out of reach, but with something like Talkspace, it absolutely isn't. It can improve your life and help you understand the way you think and kind of the way everyone in the world thinks. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. And Talkspace is secure and private. They use the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store client information and comply with the latest HIPAA regulations. I don't know what that is, but I assume it's very reliable. Um, It's also affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Plus, you don't even have to wait until your next appointment. You can send text messages, unlimited text messages to your therapist 24-7, and they'll engage with you daily five days a week if that's what you need. Best of all, our audience can get $100 off their first month with Talkspace. 
to match with a licensed therapist today. Go to Talkspace.com. Make sure you use the code DUDESOUP to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's DUDESOUP and Talkspace.com. This episode of the Funhouse Podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Listen, I don't know what you watch online. I don't want to know what you watch online, but I am not your ISP. With everything going on in the world, governments have increased their surveillance. They're using your devices to track your location, movements, and in many countries, your internet activity. Don't be literally caught up in all of the mix. Um, One of the best ways to keep your online browsing private is by using ExpressVPN. Look, you can probably think that you might go into incognito mode or something like that, and no one can see what you're watching or what you're doing, but that's not true. Um, Maybe that works for when you're buying gifts and you want to keep that browsing history a secret, but when it comes to your internet provider, they can see all of that. Uh, They see every single website you visit, and if you happen to be a college student or you live on campus or you use shared Wi-Fi or any of these number of variables, there's way more ways for people to access you and your browsing history and just find information on you online. And that stuff should keep you private. Okay, so that's why I use ExpressVPN when I go online. It's one button, you click it, you know that you're protected, you know that you are the only people who are gonna see what you're doing, and also the best thing is knowing that ExpressVPN keeps your information private as well. They can't even access it. That's the best part. Um, It's a super easy service. There's no reason that you shouldn't be using it, especially if you're working from home or anything like that. Uh, Without ExpressVPN, you're giving people a free license to peek over your shoulder and see anything you are looking at, even if it's just a boring old spreadsheet, okay? Protect your privacy today and get three months of ExpressVPN for free. Visit expressvpn.com slash dude. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash dude for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash dude to learn more. And we're back. Thank you, Omar. Yes, that's exactly. We, we we had a few moments to move away from it, and we absolutely did not move away from it. Um, I want to talk a little. I want to talk a little bit about um, some stuff that's been happening over the last seven days. You know, I think because we only have one cultural standpoint, us at least, which is like what's going on on Twitter. It feels like only one thing, one or two things happen every three days and everyone collectively experiences it all together. And it's a miserable experience and I, I need to escape. But um, we had two two major events in the last couple of days. Satan is selling shoes and uh, and and the uh, a ship has blocked all trade <laughs> across has completely brought the uh, capitalistic markets to a standstill. So which one do you guys want to take apart? Satan uh, shoes, because I have no idea yeah. what it is. Okay, yeah. We have I've kind of been here, purposely so ignoring it, though, because I, I think it's funnier in my head than it could ever pro- possibly be in real life. It's kind of fun. Armando, you wanted to, you wanted to elaborate on this a little bit. Do you want to kind of give a, uh, a kind of a rundown of where things are at with these? Uh, sure. I can give you a rundown based on the, the, the information that I know. I thought that it would be good because as you can see, Omar is literally sitting in front of, uh, what appears to be a terrarium for shoes or (laughs) some kind of shoe Guantanamo Bay. But we call that um, wall the devil's cupboard. Let's say, but how many of those shoes contain actual trace, uh, elements of human blood i would wager only 50 percent. yeah especially <laughs> the ones made by nike normally so mm-hmm. uh so what happened was recording artist uh very popular what i'm calling genre mashup artist lil nazax who makes mm-hmm. uh like country hip-hop influenced music very mm-hmm. popular first and foremost with old town road that had like 10 billion remixes to it mm-hmm. including one with uh is that he did it with billy ray cyrus is that who he did yeah. it with mm-hmm. yeah yeah billy which ray is cyrus. just like which is which way to bring him back isn't the most most not nas little nas x little nas x um uh, the longest running number one record or something i think right yeah and he broke another record uh, this past week when he dropped i think the song is called montero call me by your mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. 
and it was the fastest video on YouTube to hit a million views. I, hmm. Yeah, a million views. And uh, the song is essentially about, um, you know, Lil Nas X is, is very open about his sexuality. He's mm-hmm. gay. And so his point of view is that uh, it's better to be openly as weird as you want to be not that Mm -hmm. being gay is weird but he likes to be eccentric he likes to you know flash everything around yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and he said it's better to just do that than to live behind some kind of wall of secrecy Mm -hmm. uh and the metaphor that he went with that is that it is better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven Mm -hmm. and that was uh, the first strike for a lot of uh, conservative Christians on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, the second strike is that in the music video, he gives Satan a lap dance. Um, mm. And it's a very, very interesting and very intricate number. I feel like what no one's bringing up, by the way, is that, yeah, he gave Satan a lap dance, but then he literally killed kills Satan. Yeah, killed Satan. Like seconds later. It was yeah. a honeypot. Yeah. The dude was doing it for <laughs> it all of us. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, and in a in a collaboration with this music video that already had a lot of people up in arms, uh, a Brooklyn-based company called Mischief. Um, I'm really surprised at how much I knew about this. With I was going to say, you were <laughs> you like, I'll try and recount as well as possible. And you're like citing yeah. dates and times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at exactly two minutes and 37 seconds, mm-hmm. you can see... The world's sexiest lap dance. Please don't yeah. quote me on that. Satan but, pops a boner. Um, yeah. uh, so this Brooklyn-based company called Mischief uh, collaborated with him to make um, bootleg Nikes, which are not necessarily bootleg, but th- there is a, a huge history within shoes and streetwear of making like bootleg Nike shoes and just kind of like putting your own spin on it. Um, and so I don't know what the official name for these shoes were, but the premise behind it was that they were uh, Air Max, I think, 95s? 97s. Uh, 97s, thank you. 97, Air Max 97s, and they were uh, all black. They had 6666 written on them. Uh, yeah. They have, uh, what is it, the pentagram? That's the, uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the devil sign. They have like yeah. a pentagram chain thing pendant uh on the laces and then each one contains a drop of real human blood and they made 600 and uh, they did not specify whose blood but that is a good question if they also have if it could be anybody's blood if it could be any celebrity's blood in your shoe which celebrity would you want it to be john voigt and i want all of it (laughs) (laughs) is that so you know he could never be recreated (laughs) yeah i like control a great question Mm -hmm. the downside though is that you have very soggy shoes for the rest Uh, yeah i would never wear them no they'd be miserable to wear (laughs) they also have a reference to bible passage from luke luke 10 18 which reads i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven yeah so yeah so so now there's it now it's a situation where people are upset with Lil Nas X for doing something that it's the same rodeo. Remember when D Snyder or whatever had to testify in front of Congress because you're turning oh, yeah. kids into evil with your devil music, which like. Please, someone go listen to Twisted Sister and tell me the like the fact that that's devil music. Please, my God. Um, and then yeah. and then and now, so people are all up in arms and saying like, "Oh, culturally, I'm pissed off." And but then the other thing is, only recently Nike has gotten involved. And they're like, "Well, we're going to sue because people are pissed off because they think we're selling devil shoes." Um, yeah, Nike is has a long history of pulling any shoe that has any form of controversy around it forever. Uh, yeah, but my the well the only other thing I was reading is that Nike doesn't have a history of pulling things that don't have controversy. Like they don't have a pretty consistent track record on what they are okay with and aren't okay with. And then also a lot of other people are pointing to. Um, oh man, what's it called? It, at least now we're watching the last blockbuster documentary, and essentially it's a law in place that if someone buys something, some copyrighted material, then 
they, they as owner have the right to resell those things. And so people are saying that there's a statute of that <clears throat> in this case because, you know, they bought shoes and they did they customized the shoes. Now they're reselling those shoes um, because it's their property and they that that is not so, the owner doesn't get to decide what the yeah. person gets to do with shoes. Also, like, the same. Go ahead, Omar. I was going to say that's different, though, because like, is it are they straight up counterfeit shoes or are they are they shoes that came from Nike that people customized? It seems to be that they are uh, not counterfeit shoes, but rather just like uh, uh, customized or outfitted uh, Nike Air Max mm-hmm. 97s. It seems yeah. like they bought a bunch of them and then customized them after the fact, which is a oh, thing yeah. that that's mischief has done before. That, that's kind of fucked up. There are a and lot of people t- who do that, that have like legitimate businesses customizing shoes and stuff. Yeah. Police. I'm looking at precedent in 2019, the same company, MSCHF, they they were selling Jesus shoes, conversely. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. 4, 4K, they designed these shoes that were also Nike Air Max 97s. That oh, they had holy water in the soul. I remember Had those. holy yeah. water in them, and they were blessed by a priest, and it was supposed to be from the River Jordan, and they had a golden crucifix on them. So I remember those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were hot. You know. They were nice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it seems like the kind of thing where it's like, I'm only not okay with this. Not, this isn't a business decision and this isn't a legal decision. I'm not okay with this because people hate the devil because people are really, really still really stupid when it comes to (laughs) interpreting this stuff and, and hate that there's devil imagery and don't like the, um, cultural implications, I guess, about their, their small, uh, church going town crumbling at the sight of a man giving Satan a lap dance in a music video. Like, I mean, they're using piety as as a way to condemn someone because yeah. they're homophobic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say is if this was a cis white male, like, would this be the same controversy? I yeah. don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I assume not. Um, yeah. but it, it's interesting how it's all coming. Like, it's still like we're at this point culturally though. We're like shoes. They're at the center of this. And when you think about it, like if you step back and the, I always go, what would the aliens think? They go, this is silly. <laughs> like, on, like, like, so wait, so the shoes have blood in them. Yeah. And they sold out. You sold 666 of those shoes. Yeah. In an instant, they're gone. Like, you know, like I don't understand why. And, and people are upset about this. Like people are really genuinely upset. Very upset. Very upset. Yeah. We're not ready for aliens. Yeah. No. Well, also, I mean, everybody is really up in arms about his music video and music, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and saying, like, there are children that listen to your music, Lil Nas X. How could you? And it's mm-hmm. like, first of all, Old Town Road has some risque lyrics in it. And second of all, he's not responsible for raising your children. Raise your own <laughs> children. Yeah. If a, you know? if it if it has a parental advisory thing on it, that's your that's where your job comes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I I love I love Nike stuff so much and uh And you I've, love Satan. And I love Satan. Yeah. That is my yeah. here. I have this red. Well, I thought it was red, but apparently it's uh areola pink is what we've determined yeah, yeah. at this. That looks uh, like that looks like Lola yeah. Bunny's ear. Yeah. <laughs> Lola Bunny's ear pink it's is hot. what I have. Mm-hmm. Um it's too sexy, actually. I need to here, here's the twenty twenty one redesign of my setup. There Thank we go. You. Careful. Uh, Careful. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this setup, it's here to <laughs> the ball The internet's going to jump all over you for redesigning mm-hmm. that for <laughs> 2021. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 my favorite story, and so we covered sort of a little bit of the uh, the D. Snyder thing, actually, that we were talking about, the Satanic mm-hmm. Panic, the OG stuff, uh, on mm-hmm. an episode of my show, Cult Podcast, um, mm-hmm. which is also on Rooster Teeth. Go check it out. Very fun. Look at that. A seamless plug that I ruined by that calling attention to it. <laughs> Amazing. But we, uh, my favorite Nike story we've ever done is the infamous uh, Heaven's Gate mass the suicide, Gate which was a tragedy. Yeah. The the Nike Decade joggers, the '97 Nike Decade joggers, uh, Nike discontinued them completely, took them all off the market, bought all of the shoes back from stores that currently had them, and tried to absolutely destroy them. 
Um, and the only reason that Heaven's Gate picked the Nike Decade joggers is because the the Foot Locker employee, I think it was, was able to give them a discount by buying that many pairs of that specific shoe in bulk. Um, and the shoe that they were going to buy instead was the, uh, the Nike Cortez shoes, which, uh, is Omar shaking his head because it would have ruined all Latino men's lives completely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, why does all of LA would have been shoeless if they took the Cortez off of the market? (laughs) (laughs) Why does the discount matter at that point? That's what I said. It it makes no sense. (laughs) Just splurge. Yeah. Wait, Dude, so, they so gotten, someone, if they would have so, bought the Air Max 97s, this whole story wouldn't have fucking happened. We would have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, so the well, idea was that Brooks. they 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 were trying to get a good deal on shoes that they could all wear for their trip to space. Big quotations around that. Yeah. And and so one one guy was like, "I can get you a discount on these shoes." So everyone bought those shoes. And then yeah, well, since a bunch they, of photos went around of their, them and their trip to big quote space, um, they uh, they wanted the shoes completely destroyed. Yeah, they didn't want them at all attached. But years later, there was a, a professional skateboarder who was making a pair of uh, NB skates, and uh, he chose you know black, white, and then this very specific color of purple. And uh, everyone is super stoked for the shoes. And then in an interview, he told everyone that they were Heaven's Gate inspired. And Nike like pulled the shoes immediately, like cut ties with the skateboarder. Uh, we're like, we have nothing to do with anything. So they, you're right. They have like no, they're so weird what they choose to decide to have no part in absolutely at all. But then they'll make like Freddy Krueger shoes with like blood yeah. dripping down them and mm-hmm. and then not I'm, release them in America. Nike, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm reading this, uh, this interview from Mark and Sarah King, who are the only members of Heaven's Gate that are still around. And because everybody else is in space, they said, um, we were looking for a good buy on sho- on shoes. Um, it was to demonstrate uniformity. But then they said any shoe that would have been selected would have done this. It would have been Adidas or Converse or New Balance. They all would have been supported or received publicity. We thought that it actually hurt Nike more than helped anyway. So and it's like, how, wait, how are they on. still around? Did they just not do the thing or did they like they just somehow did not do the thing? Yeah, if you want an honest answer, they needed some people to open up the the communication between, you know, where they went and where they stayed. But if you want a real honest answer, which again, we did a, I want to say four or five part series on Heaven's Gate. It's a really long, in-depth story. But towards the end, um, they kind of realized that they had backed themselves into a corner and a lot of people were really dedicated and then a lot of people weren't as dedicated or willing to die and so some people kind of like i don't want to say it like but like played into the bit if that makes sense where they were like Mm -hmm. okay yeah but somebody should stay right like somebody Mm -hmm. should like be here the next one yeah take okay i'll get you i got you yeah you're good you're good this one's full this one's full i'm good i'm good (laughs) i'll stay here i'll be good (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah they you know it's it's a really tragic story but it's also filled with just God, so many dumb things that people don't talk about. The guy who led it, Herf Applewhite, uh, Marshall Applewhite, uh, one of the things that he did before he started the cult was he opened up a sandwich shop in like Arizona, but then he had to leave town because he kept fucking all of his employees and not like... (laughs) Not like in in a in like a taking advantage of your power sort of way, but like in a, he had to leave town because they all found out that they were fucking uh, the same dude, <laughs> and he gotcha. was like, "Well, yeah, see yeah. you later, dude." Yeah. How charismatic was that dude? If he got all of those people to have sex with him and got them. a bunch of people yeah. to kill themselves, must have made like, a pretty good sandwich. Yeah, yeah, he had. <laughs> yeah. Rumor was he had one hell of a foot long, so. Hey, nice job. <laughs> Very good stuff. I I also like that someone was like, you know what? I, I want it. So you're a survivor of this death cult. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'd really, you know, that's such an amazing experience and such a, you probably have so much to share. I really want to ask you about your shoes. Like that interview that you pulled that quote from Elise, like someone's <laughs> like, but can you tell us about your shoes? They're like, really? You want to? Well, I actually have a story about yeah. that. I've no. well, the, yeah, tried. Well, the article was on complex sneakers or whatever. Like that's all they care yeah. about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried so hard for so long to buy a pair of uh, size 14 Nike Decade joggers. Um, I came real close. There was a pair that kept going down. It was 600 and then it was 500 and then it was 400. And I was like, if it just goes down to three, I will buy it. And then boom, mm-hmm. it's sold. And uh, uh, oh, I missed out. God. Sorry, missed I'm reading sneakernews.com has an article about this where they they talked to the nike employee that sold the shoes uh-huh. and the the nike sales rep was so proud of his big sale that he delivered them to the house and asked is this for a basketball team to which he was replied to with something like that oh no, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah no. it was even worse uh, because their uniforms had a thing on the a patch on them that said uh, heaven's gate away team so he was like wow you guys are like a really weird basketball yeah. team oh, no yeah what are you guys Lots gonna go fight the monsters Lola, Bo- Lola bunny in there yeah yeah <laughs> it's like oh hey is that a sh- is that your uh shooter strap or whatever like your elbow brace is like no no i'm gonna kill myself ah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Cool, it was cool. really it was a very sad day when they all consume michael's secret stuff at the same time it was oh very i, I feel awful for this employee because he was like going to great lengths to get them all these shoes. Yeah. God damn it. It's a good premise for a movie, though. The story of the guy who sold shoes to a. <laughs> he was like calling other stores and doing it, as I'm just reading here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he really killed himself. He worked all weekend to get these shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, well, all right, we are, we've almost come to the end of this podcast, but it would not be a fun house podcast. James Willems, we somehow talked about nothing for 54 (laughs) minutes, um, but we still have a little bit more nothing to discuss. Don't we, Cody? Roll it. (laughs) Oh, additions. Oh, what? (laughs) that's right welcome back to mount up for morbius year two where we where we uh cover everything morbius for the last year and two months i think now uh the film doesn't sponsored is this sponsored the mess up for morbius segment no no one wants it um and i actually have to put it as far away from actual sponsorships as possible that's like in now the rules that we're getting so um do you want but to collab any... on a special pair of Morpheus shoes? Oh yeah, I would totally, I would totally get a Morpheus pair of shoes. Would it have blood <laughs> would on? Would it have Actually... Jared Leto's like synth blood in them? <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Hold on, Sa- save that. I might have to use that for a future episode. Um, <laughs> uh, on this episode of Mount Up for Morpheus, I want to talk a huge. There's been so much. Jared Leto and just Morbius news that I don't even have enough time to cover all of it. Number one, we got Morbius in Marvel Puzzle Quest. He's coming out. They couldn't push that release date any longer now, so we got him in a video game. Morbius is showing up in all of our favorite media, like that one mobile game that only I play. But we also had the Snyder Cut, where we got to see Jared Leto reprise his role as the Joker everyone's favorite scene from that movie now people are hailing it as the best superhero uh, scene ever made and part of that was because of one particular line you don't want to kill me i'm your best friend besides who's gonna give you a reach around which is something that joker nightmare joker says to nightmare batman it's an actual line from the movie i looked into it and guess what Jared Leto improvised it. Shocker. <gasps> wow. Yeah. He, it wasn't in the script. They let him, they said, we want you to just embody the Joker and tell us what the Joker would say. Okay? So, um, keeping that in mind, I've come up with a little game I want us to play where we imagine what would have happened in several other Jared Leto films 
if he had been allowed to ad lib and say his <laughs> titular line, you don't want to kill me, I'm your best friend, besides who's going to give you a reach around. And so we're going to do that right. We're all going to take turns. Don't worry, I'm going to show you guys how it works. So I'll go first. Um, so uh, Cody, if you want to if you want to set up the uh, Jared Leto uh, uh, device, please. OK, here, um, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right we get to re we get a chance we, you don't you know this doesn't happen often but we get a chance to imagine what it would be like with all these amazing jared leto films if he had said that famous line so what i i am por- currently portraying jared leto's character from requiem for a dream um as you all know his name was can you explain uh, to our audio listeners what, what we're seeing here? <laughs> so I have taken a screenshot from the film Requiem for a Dream, and I have cut out his mouth, and I am within his mouth. I have replaced it, and I am playing... I am Harry Goldfarb from Requiem for a Dream, and so now let's see... That was his name? <laughs> sure, I just looked it up. Oh. So now let's see what would have happened if he was allowed to improvise on set. Okay, here we go. You don't want to kill me. I'm your best friend. Beside, who's going to give us a reach around? <laughs> us. <laughs> so there we go. So that's how it works. That's that's the game. Um, okay. Are you guys? So, uh, Elise, why don't you want to go next? You want to try? Sure. Okay, so let's see. Let's <laughs> see what's our other next version of Jared Leto from his huge filmography all right let's load it up okay there it is all right okay we've got jared leto from panic room 2002's panic room where he played the um, wonderful character junior um let's just make we're calibrating the system you hold still (laughs) hold still elise hold still and then we'll calibrate the system to wherever you are there it is okay all right. For everyone listening on the audio-only format, Elise is moving her face away <laughs> as if to try to avoid becoming Jared Leto. <laughs> you can't avoid the, the system, like the the machine, the AI that we've developed is perfect. All right, so, it's un- inevitable. We will all, all right. become Jared Leto. Elise, are you ready? Yeah. Do you know the line? Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You don't want to kill me. I'll give you a reach around. Well, close. That was close. close. What's the line? <laughs> you don't want to kill me. I'm your best friend. Besides, who's oh. going to give you a reach around? You don't want to kill me. Best friends give reach arounds. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we got close enough. You know, he's he's a talent, so he always did for Okay. All right. Let's see. We got we have two more oh. here. Um, who wants to go next? Any volunteers? Yeah, I'll go next. Oh, oh Omar's rose. Omar raised his hand. All right, Damn it. Omar, let's load up our next Leto. Oh my God! There, okay, Mark there we go. Chapman Leto. We have <laughs> who? That's 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 Mark David Chapman Leto from the film. What was it, it like? Chapter thirteen. Chapter twenty-seven. What is it called? Chapter twenty-seven, when he played Mark David Chapman, the man who killed John Lennon and gained like like a hundred pounds to play the role and he uh and no one saw the movie so can i can i ask yep. why we save this one for me and omar why didn't, <laughs> yeah what, you know, what are you trying to say <laughs> there's a progression there's a progression here so i allowed you both to volunteer for this one but it, there's a definitely a progression for the omar stay in one spot just i'm trying the to machine will calibrate to... you just stand still yeah all right yeah, you just the machine calibrates okay all right are you ready do you know the line uh yes, I think I do. All right, let's see what uh, let's na- let's imagine now through the power of technology what it would have been like if Jared Leto had been allowed to improvise on the set of Chapter Twenty Seven. Go ahead. You don't want to kill me. <laughs> We're best friends. Uh, who's gonna give you a reach round? I tried to do wow. my, my chubby voice. <laughs> That's real good. Were you pretending Whoa. like John Lennon was standing in front of you? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that's what he's saying directly to John Lennon. 
Omar, you <laughs> don't have it. to do a chubby voice. All your voices are your chubby voice. Baboom! <laughs> You've been fucking roasted, dog. Oh my god! Well, hold on a minute. Back on the it's show? Not, you realize you still you still have one left. Okay, you say that to Omar. You're gonna get now. You get it. All right. Okay. So now right, you're let's uh, here. Let's do it. Let's bring up our last famous Leto. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You'll be portraying Jared Leto from the film Mr. Nobody, where he played Nemo Nobody in the scene where he's like a hundred something years old. So, okay. Now, let's make it should calibrate it up there. Good. That that looks pretty good. Great job. Oh, I like that. All right. So, now let's imagine for a minute what it would have been like if Jared Leto was allowed to improvise on the set of Mr. Nobody. You don't want to kill me. I'm your best friend. Who else is going to give you a reach around? Wow. Oh, God. I don't like that. It's very brave. Right. Whoa. No voice treatment at all. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Amazing work, everyone. Well, I think, I think yeah. it just goes to show that, you know, the more room we give Jared Leto to just shoot his shot the better off mm. we'll all be so many films could have been improved if uh we had let him just say whatever the hell he wanted to say um and that concludes this week's <laughs> segment of mount up for morbius year two <laughs> somebody had to make this I made somebody this. <laughs> i know somebody <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our podcast this week uh we hope you enjoy enjoyed the laid back chats and uh as always thank you so much to our guests elise omar and armando armando where can people mm-hmm. find more of you um yeah hey i uh i'm on the internet everywhere instagram twitter tiktok uh at mondo does stuff m-a-n-d-o does stuff uh i also co-host a podcast called cult podcast which you can find right here on rooster teeth we cover a different cult or new age group uh every single week from heaven's gate to om shinrikyo to recently we covered the Daylife army which is a terrifying and weird internet uh subgroup that you should all check on um and before I go, though, I did want to say one last thing. Hey, James, uh, can you do me a favor? Yeah, anything. Can you, uh, can you check your wrist? Uh, sure. <laughs> I fucking got him. I fucking got him. Holy I got him again. Holy cow. Wow. wow. He is holding up James's wristwatch that, I, as you can I, tell, James is, is wearing just earlier in the episode. My watch is gone. Yeah. Rewind Incredible. it. Also, yeah, Cody, also if you could... If you could, James changed his shirt. <laughs> If you could, Cody, if you could, uh, if you could put a watch in in post, I would be much appreciated. Uh, I also do Zoom magic shows. Thank you so much for having me, James, Elise, Incred- and Omar. No. Thank Thanks you. This has been it. totally worth the fifteen dollars to bring you on to do magic for all of us for an hour. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Thank on you the higher everybody. end of Fiverr, but you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you everybody for watching and listening, uh, and we will catch you next time on the Funhouse Podcast. Bye.